Well, we're going to continue in this series. We're not quite done with this, and I'm not just saying, well, not quite as in almost, you know, I heard Brother Hagin say once, he's like, there's something in there, and I know there's something more God wants to say. I mean, this isn't quite this situation, but he said, you know, the only way to get it out is to preach it out. Well, you know, when there's some, you know, it's not done. There's stuff we need to cover here, and I have specific things I believe we're supposed to cover today. But, you know, when you get to the place that you need to unhook here, we will. But I'm not going to rush it and just get to the next thing just to get there. Um, so Hebrews 12, verse 1, let's look at that. We'll put it up on the screen. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, verse 1, we're going to continue in this ser- series, Running With Purpose. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It, you know, it says the, the, the weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us. If He's talking to people in general. You know, don't, think, don't ever think you're above the things which ensnare other people or that habits, or even if they're not sin, that entangle people. Take time distraction. Satan's crafty. If he can't get you flat into Satan worship, you know, over here, he'll try to just get you distracted and muddled in your Christian walk so you're not as effective. And it says so easily ensnared. So don't ever think you're above this because that's the first step to getting ensnared. If you think you can't be ensnared, then you will be blind to the tactics to get you. That's not to put us in fear. It's just to be watchful and just say, wait, you know, to be honest, to be humble and say, look, I got to watch out for certain things and I'm going to be open um, as the Lord would prompt me to avoid things and to uh, go more into what he would have me to do in any given area. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And he said, we're going to look at Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him no matter what's going on here. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, we read these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, do, not know that the, do you not know that those who run in a race all one, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus not with uncertainty. See, I'm not running just without aim. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. In the Amplified Classic, it says, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete? But only one receives the prize, so run your race that you may lay a hold of the prize and make it yours. Now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Therefore I do not run with uncertainty without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air or striking without an adversary. 
So these verses, we covered uh, these before. But here, Paul is saying, look, if you're we're running in a race, he said, don't people that run in a race, just naturally speaking, they all compete, but one receives the prize. Now we said this, this race we're talking about is, is a one-lane race. You're, you're running the race God has called you to run. You're not running against anybody. You're running your, your own race, and um, you're, we're to run in a way that we are going to succeed and win, not just haphazardly. Verse 26 says, Therefore I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. Let's look at 2 Timothy 2, verse 3. 2 Timothy 2, verse 3. Second Timothy 2, verse 3, says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes, in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Look at verse 3. Therefore, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He's calling Timothy, but by extension you and me, soldiers. Well, we're in the Lord's kingdom, and we are to do His work. And there is an aspect of it that is like being a soldier. Now, I've never been in the military, but I do know, you know, from hearing about those, or hearing from those who, who have been. In the military, you have... A place. I mean, the same, you know, in business and so certain things. But there's a lot more rigor. You're talking about life and death, and you you need to be in your position, do what you're told to do, do it right, do it well, and you don't look at other stuff. I mean, you're not like it says here. You're not thinking about what's going on back in the homeland. You're taking care of business here because. The success of everyone depends on everyone doing their part. There is an aspect of this that's like the Christian life. We're talking about running with purpose. We need to have the mentality of a soldier. We need to have the mentality that we have our place. We have our role. We know what we're supposed to do. And we do it like a soldier would. Now that brings a certain mentality that's different than, you know, recreation. You get to do whatever you want to do. When you think of a soldier, you're doing what you're commanded to do. In fact, if you don't, you're in big trouble. Right? It's not an option. It's not, well, what I feel like. That's, there are orders. And Paul is saying, we're to do 
endure hardship. You say endure hardship. Well, are, do I, are there ever going to be hardness in this earth? Yes, we covered that a little bit. Jesus said there's going to be tribulation. There would be push. Now, has he redeemed us from sickness, from disease, from anything that's of the curse of the law, from anything that he paid for? Yes, but that doesn't include walking through this life, being a witness for him and doing what you're called to do. There will be hardness on your flesh and you'll have to put some things down. That's just the way it is. And see, we, there's a lot of mentality in the earth that everything should be easy all the time. And if it's not easy, if it's not what I want it to be, if it's not what I want to do, then I'm out of here. That doesn't fly when you talk about the mentality of a soldier, does it? There are penalties for all that. You don't get to choose what you want to do. You don't get to say, no, I don't like that command. I don't, like, I don't want to do that. No, I think I don't like that assignment. I'm leaving. It, I mean, it, you that have been in the military, is that right or wrong? Do you get to say, you know, I, I don't like that order. I'm not, there, that is, there's a penalty for that. You don't get to say, I don't, I don't want to go there. It's hot. Thank God for our soldiers. But this is the mentality that we need to have. We are good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We are in His kingdom. He is the name above every name. And we need to understand that every person in his kingdom, in his family, actually has a place. Not two, not three, not five, not let's just spin the wheel and see what I come up with or what do I feel like. At any given time has one place. Think about it. It may change over time, but today there's not three places you're supposed to be, there's one. This will clear up certain, you know, uh, the muddiness sometimes. People get confused. People think, well, I, you know, they run into some hardness and they decide, I don't like that. I, I want to go someplace else. I want to do something else. Well, there's one way to answer that. What, what are the commands? What did Jesus say? What is he telling us? We've talked about, we just spent a whole series uh, on Wednesday night, nights, talking about hearing from Him. Hearing. What, what is the plan for me? And how He leads. He's not a hard taskmaster. He leads by peace. He is not pushy. But He does lead. In other words, He doesn't thump you over the head. He won't drive. That's the devil. Go back and listen to that series if you need to. God, you can discern the voice of God because, by Scripture. God is not a driver. He's not a pusher. He doesn't beat you over the head. That's the devil. The devil takes and tries to drive and make people do stuff. He will lead. He'll prompt. He'll guide. But he does, he does lead. In other words, there is a path. There is somewhere he wants us to be. It's not, eh, whatever. Whatever. It's good. Now, don't get me wrong. As we learn to follow him, He's going to lead us step by step, and you don't have to get legalistic about it. Go, oh no, am I in the right place? Get the mentality that you'll do whatever He wants you to do, and you'll get in the right place. If you start saying, well, if it's this or this, I won't do it, you're going to have trouble hearing. 
If you say, well, whatever, God, whatever you would have for me, I'm willing. He's going to bring you up at the level you are. Uh, he's working with all of us. We're he's going to communicate with you how you can hear him, and you're going to be in the right place. Everybody say, I'm going to be in the right place. I hear the voice of God. He speaks to me. I recognize his voice, and I follow him. So he's going to, he's going to lead us and guide us. He does that. We're not specifically talking about that today. Like I said, go back and listen to that, that series. But when we know what to do, we need to know that, number one, there, there is something we're supposed to do. And he will give you leeway, of course. He brings us all up. He's somebody that's just learning to follow him. He knows where we're at. He's not going to be legalistic and go, oh, man, you didn't do it exactly right. No, no. He's gentle. He's nice. But my, my point is, there is a place. Our heart should be, what would you want me to do? And then do it to the best of our ability. We're all growing in different places as I'm, I'm doing this until I hear that I'm supposed to do something else. See, this is not common. Today's day and age, people are like, man, I don't like what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm moving. I'm changing. People do that with jobs all the time. Man, I manage people for years. I'm not talking about just, I mean, you see that in general because I'd have resumes coming in and people are hopping every year. Well, that doesn't make you impressed. Because what's, what's your thought? If you're a manager and you have somebody that's jumped jobs six times in the last six years, what's your thought if I hire this person? What's going to happen the seventh year? They're going to be gone. Do I want to hire them? Do I want to put right about the time they get up to speed? They're out. That's a waste of resources. Now, if I see somebody, they've moved twice. They've been around 15 years. They were somewhere for five years, and they've been at the last place for 10 years, and something's changing there, and they're moving. Well, now I'm looking at that person going, they're stable. And I was in technology. That's an eternity. Five years and 10 years at one place. But what am I I'm saying, this person is stable. I could build on this person. So, but the mentality is, well, I don't like, like the money over here. I want, you know, I don't like the way they're doing stuff. So I move. That's not faithfulness. That's not secure. That's not strong and stable. That's not, I'm staying put. The only reason you should change anything in your life to go to a different place is because you believe to the best of your ability, God's moving you. So many people are led into something by God, but they're moved out by any number. You name it. Any number of things. I'm moving over here, and it wasn't the Lord moving them. It was something that you could describe as hardness in some way. You know, the Bible said, endure hardness as a good soldier. Does a soldier decide, I've had enough, I'm moving out of my position, unless he has had commands to move? Is there any other reason he should be moving out of his position? What is he waiting for? Command. What if it's really uncomfortable? Is he moving? No. Well, I really don't like it. It's old. It's bland. Is that a reason to move? No, it's I'm going until. That's our mentality. Verse 4 says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Uh, let's look at verse... Or, uh, verse 4 in the Amplified Classic, it says, No soldier, when in service, gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. 
Well, in this case, who's that? The Lord. So it's not what is going on out here. Now, we live in a natural world. We have to take care of natural things. But like we've touched on uh, in the past in this series, we live in this natural world, but the, the backdrop is spiritual. We need to understand there's a spiritual aspect. There's a spiritual war going on. So yes, we have to take care of the natural aspects, and that's going to be part of our life. But we can't be controlled by that. We can't be moved by it. We can't look at that solely. We can't be distracted or entangled with that. doesn't mean you don't do anything. You don't just sit in your room all day necessarily, unless God's called you to do that for a certain time. But generally, most people, we're, gonna, we're going through our daily business. We're going to have responsibilities. But we're being directed by what's going on, the reality that we know, the spiritual realm that we know, and what God is telling us, not by the circumstance, by what God is telling us and leading us to do. In the, the Passion Translation, it says, For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world, so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. So he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. Notice, divorce himself from the distractions of this world. In the NIV, I hope you got that because I had a typo there. Awesome. Say, uh, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Notice the terminology, commanding officer. Well, that gives the indication it's not optional, right? Now, again, I'm just going to say this. You have to say this because people tend to go in ditches. I'm not gonna, I can't preach two things at once, but I can kind of uh, you know, make some comments. Don't get legalistic, okay? Don't, don't go into the mode of, oh, you know, I guess I'm just doing this wrong and right. No, no. Listen, listen to the scripture. Listen to God's heart. God is not a driver. He's not a legalist. He's not condemning. Con condemnation is going, your own heart can condemn you when you know you missed it, but Satan will try to sound like God and beat you up for something you didn't do because he knows you want to serve God and he'll try to use that tender heart to beat you over the head and, and make you condemned all the time, okay? So we're preaching the word. Let the word speak. But we want to, to realize God is a good God. He's a, a loving God. And so don't get into condemnation about these things. Don't be legalistic. But at the same time, there is a truth that, that there are commands. We're talking about running with purpose, okay? Now, if we, if we choose to deny that, people will say, well, it just doesn't matter. No, it matters. We're, we're in a war. So it does matter. Now, notice just a couple of verses real quick. Um, you don't have to turn there. Uh, Philemon 1 and 2 says, to, this is uh, just intros here, but notice the language. To Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to, be, to beloved Aphia, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Our fellow soldier. We're in this together. We are all soldiers. If we're, if we're children of God, you are children, but you're also in a war. See, what, even if we're ignorant of that fact, we're still in a war and we are still soldiers. Philippians uh, 2 verse 25 says, Yet I consider it necessary to, to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow, fellow, fellow soldier. Notice the language, fellow soldier. 
So we have a place. We are soldiers. And we need to stay in that place. We need to find our place. We need to stay in that place. And our place, you know, it talks about, Paul talks about a race. Here he's talking about soldiers. We're, we're focusing on that now. But we have a place. And this is so important because I guess it's human nature, but people are constantly looking at other people to determine what they should do. Right? It is, and we talked about, we had a whole series on uh, not judging, and that, that was really just illuminating. And um, I encourage you to go back and listen to that series if you didn't. It just, just, uh, just putting, shining the light on some of these areas. But we ought not to be, number one, we should not be judging other people and what they're doing. But you also, you don't want to look and compare yourself to other people, well, and how you're doing and comparing yourself against them because you will do one of two things. You'll, you'll, you'll be puffed up in pride and say, well, I'm doing pretty good. Look at them. Or you'll say, oh my goodness, I'm never going to make it. Look at them. They're so far ahead of me. And either one of them's wrong. Because again, who, who are we supposed to listen to to determine what we ought to do? The Lord Jesus Christ. Does it matter what somebody else thinks we ought to do? What if they think we're doing a horrible job? Now, I'm not saying you don't listen to any feedback. But there's a, you know, we don't determine what we do based on what somebody else says. Ultimately, you're looking to the Lord. What, Lord, what would you have me do? Because he's your commanding officer, period. Who are you going to give an account to when you step over into heaven? Him. Everybody can have an opinion. Everybody does have an opinion. So what? Well, if, you're, if you're driven by opinions, then, then we're going to be missing it because people's opinions are not the command of God. And we need to, we need to understand there is a place for every person Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 12. We'll touch on this quick. I think 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. There is a place for every person. Right now, there's a place. Everybody say, there's a place for me. Today. There's a place now for me. In other words, God didn't leave some of us out and say, well, you know. You don't have a place. No, we always have a place. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the, body, the members of that one body, being many, are, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and, all, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. Now we... This is just part of what we're talking about today. You could spend tons of time on this whole chapter, and I'm just reading part of it on purpose. You don't want to get too sidetracked, but I want to touch on it. Verse 15, If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? In other words, He's saying, 
God has set people, when he's talking about members of the body, he's comparing the members of the body of Christ, you and me, to, to parts of our body. We're, we're well aware of the parts of our body. You know, our fingers and our hands have a purpose. Uh, you know, your arms, your legs, your feet, your, your nose. He refers to your hearing and your seeing. And he's saying if, if all you had was eyes, you wouldn't be able to, which one did he say, smelling or hearing? And then he said, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? The whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? Wouldn't it look funny if you had all ears? What would that even look like? Or all eyes? And so God had, and he's saying that it's, it's not just one thing, it's every part. But you know what we as humans do? We, we look and say, well, I want to be that part. You know, your, your human body, it doesn't get to pick, it just is. You know, your ear's your ear. And you know what the ear's supposed to do? It's supposed to hear. You know, among other things, there's stuff, and you know, balance, all that. But you're, it's, that's what it does. How silly would it be for the ear to try to say, well, I really want to see. You're no good at seeing. You don't have any, you can't see. But I, want to, I really want to see. I, I'm tired of being the ear. Of course, that's just foolishness, right? What if the eye said, you know, I want to be a fist. I really want to knock somebody out. I want to... You're an eye. You're squishy. But you can see. Nobody else in the body can see. Why do you want to be the fist? You know, fist maybe thinks he wants to be the foot. That's, it's ludicrous. It's, it's in art. It's just like, that's just, that's just ridiculous. That's what people do. Why would the eye want to be something else? You are so good at being an eye. In fact, you're not really capable of doing some of these other things. When you get into this other arena, you are very bad. That's why you got a, you know, protection around you with the, the eye socket and everything, because if you get hit too hard, you're going to... But seeing, man, nobody can take your place. But I want to be something else. Why? Our bodies are made wonderfully by God, and we know that. But when it comes to our role, people want to get in some other role. And that will change over life. There's a, I mean, like we said there's a place for us now, and God is he's gracious in general as we find our place. But as we walk further and further, he's got a place for us. And, you know, I don't have time to go into it. We talked about it before, but you can read different accounts where people that were mightily used of God just... Uh, in certain areas, got out of their place. They started doing it. They wanted to be somebody else. And you're like, why do you, why do you, want, to, what do you want to do that for? You are amazing here. But they, they persisted, and they blew up. And that was at a very grand scale, and they caused a lot of damage. But, but just in our uh, everyday life, you, know, you don't have to be an internationally known uh, preacher for that to happen. People want to do something else and they want to get out of place. And we need to understand God has a place for us and he wants us to stay there, not because he's a hard taskmaster, but because it's the best thing for us. And as we go forward, we'll grow, we'll develop. And then if he chooses, if he moves us up, if he promotes us to an area or moves us, relocates us, it's going to be right. We need to trust him and understand that his, his command is right. Now, it may feel 
We, may not, we don't know everything. We don't know everything. We, we don't know what's coming. And so it may feel like I want to do some, I want to be in a different place. I want to, I want to do something different than what I'm, I'm obviously graced to do at this point. And that's when this mentality comes in. What did he tell me to do? Sir, yes, sir, what, what, what do you want me to do? Oh, no change in orders. Okay, so you want me to stay here. And when I'm saying here, I'm talking about that place in your life. What has he got for you? And you know what the tempting thing is? It might be to look at somebody else and go, but, but they get to do this, and, I want, and that looks so much better this way. Don't do that. Put up 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. 2 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, For we dare not class ourselves uh, uh, or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. He's talking about these certain people that are, hey, all they do is look at each other and go, hey, we're awesome. He said, For we dare not class ourselves, as the Apostle Paul, ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. He's telling, and we spent a lot of time in this in a different series looking at different uh, translations and everything, but it's saying essentially here, don't compare yourself to somebody else. Don't do it. Well, who are we supposed to please? Jesus. Who is the one we're taking commands from? Jesus. So, who, whose opinion matters? Does it matter what somebody else is doing? Tell me, how many lanes is this race we're in? One. You get messed up when you start looking at somebody else's lane. You're not racing against them. If we walk out of here with one truth today, and there's probably a lot of truths, but I'm just going to say this, it will behoove us if we just get it into our minds that we don't look at anybody else and we're doing what God has told us to do and if he tells me to do something, that's what I'm doing. If he tells me to do something different, that's what I'm doing. If the circumstance tells me to do something different, I don't care. If somebody else tells me to do something different, I don't care. If somebody else looks like they're better than me, I don't care. If somebody else looks like they're not quite as far, well, I, I'm not going to look at that. It's irrelevant. Amen. What is the point? I'm looking at him, Jesus. Who am I trying to please? God Almighty, my commanding officer. Sir, yes, sir, where do you want me to be? Because, think about it, his command takes into consideration everything. And I mean everything. He, there is nothing that he has not considered. Think about it. We're talking about the Almighty. He told you to be somewhere. Is there any better place that you should be? The easy answer is no. I mean, don't, you don't have to think about it. Don't analyze it. If God told you to be in some place, what's the... There, there's no reason, because if you try to analyze it, it's, it's foolishness. You're going to miss something. If God, if this is the answer, He's already considered everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He said, do this, son or daughter. There's no questioning Him. Why would you do anything else? Yeah, but that just means you don't understand. But I don't understand something, and so I don't know why. All that means is that you're ignorant. I'm ignorant. We don't know like he knows, and that's where the trust comes in. 
Trust him enough to know if he needs to move you to a different place, he'll give you a different command. Until then, don't move. Yeah, but it looks hard. It, it's the, what does that have to do with it? Does he not know that? Does he not know that? He knows everything. If you needed to move, yeah, but this is coming in. It's going to... Do we think he somehow... Did he become blind? Does he not know? You know what the devil will tell you? He doesn't care. Yeah, he will. Well, there's maybe something, but God doesn't care. He's just, you know, what, and you're not doing enough anyway. You haven't prayed enough. What, you know, everybody can pray more. I'm just telling you, it doesn't matter how much you pray. He's going to tell you you didn't pray enough if you listen to that. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray more. But let God tell you, not, not the devil. God won't beat you up over it. He's not going to have fear. He's not going to put fear in you. He's not going, well, you should have prayed more. Okay. The Almighty, see, that's not His voice. Go listen to that. I, I know I'm referring to several messages, but we can't preach everything every time. The one on Wednesday that we, we covered about hearing from Him, it will give you a clear picture of the devil's, what the devil sounds like in God. God is not going to beat you over the head with what He wants you to do. He's the Almighty. You're a human. Yeah, you, you're filled with the Spirit of God. You're, you're, you're blood washed, but you're not Him. You don't need to berate you. Do you berate a three-year-old about what they're supposed to do? I mean, just, you're so stupid. You don't know you wouldn't do that. The devil would, though. He'll try to tell you and get you all condemned. You didn't do this and that and this and that, and that's why you're in the place and blah, blah, blah. And if you hear that, you know that's the devil. And just say, shut up. I'm going to hear from my commanding officer. I don't care about you. You're the enemy. Why would you listen to the enemy? You don't want to go where he tells you to go. Would, you, would a soldier ever go, oh, well, the commanding officer of the other army is telling me to go. Maybe I should do that. You wouldn't, they wouldn't give it a second thought. They're not listening. If somebody comes, what are you doing? He's trying to kill you. But see, Satan's subtle. And he comes in and, be like, and he'll try to act like it's God. Well, you know you should have done this. Why didn't you do that? You would have done this. God could have done that. And that. That's not God. God will say, this is where you are, now let's do this. And it's always positive. You know God's not depressed. God can be grieved, but He's never in a situation. It's always, and if you'll do this, there's positive. There's, there's victory. Because God's victorious. He's, he's always victorious. There's never, I mean, look at the world. Just read the Bible. How many places people messed up and got themselves, and God just brings them out. There's never a place that we can get into where God doesn't have the next step. That's why it's so important that we go, Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, what would you have me to do? So He can bring us to the right place. And His command is always right. That's why, and we said this when we were talking about hearing from Him, if we can understand what he's telling us, we have it made. Because that is the very thing that takes consideration everything. That is exactly the right thing we need to be doing. That's why it's so important to be able to hear him. And then to do what he told us to do. And do it with the mentality that if he told me to do it, this is where I am. Nothing's going to take me out of this place. I don't care if I, you know, there's pain. Not that he's inflicting it, and I'm saying not pain, even physical, but if you're going to follow the plan of God, there will be a push on your flesh. 
There will be a pull to do other stuff. We just got done reading. There's distractions. There's a push to do other stuff. You just look around the world. It's going to tell you to do everything but the plan of God. There is going to be a pushing down. It, Paul talks about, you know, disciplining, putting his body down. To do what God has told him to do. And that's what we have to do. But again, we don't get legalistic about this. And do it in a way that's not really profitable. Look at Colossians 2 verse 20. Colossians 2 verse 20. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Colossians 2, verse 20. says, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men? These things have indeed have value, or indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. We, yes, we need to discipline ourselves. That's not a dirty word. Discipline, that just means to do what you need to do. But we need to not get sidetracked and do stuff that actually isn't helping anybody but looks like discipline. What do I mean by that? Uh, you can have all kinds of thoughts and you can take, again, this is why comparing is so, uh, can be so troublesome. You can take what somebody else, God did tell them to do certain things, but it's not necessarily a scripture like thou shalt. It's just something that they felt like they should do and you hear what they should do. And then if you're not careful, you're trying to do what they were supposed to do and you made a lot of it and you're going to discipline yourself that way, but it's not actually helping you. Because it's not what you're supposed to do. But you can, you know, and, and you can have help in it. Well, you're disciplining yourself to do this and, and, and going in this direction. But here's the thing. If it's not actually the direction you're supposed to go, it's not helping anybody. You could be the most disciplined person in the world going in this direction and discipline yourself to do something that actually is not your command at all. And you can be proud of yourself for it. And actually, this other person, you're like, well, they're not even as disciplined as me, but they're actually just going right along the command. I don't care if you go 100 miles an hour in this direction, if it's the wrong direction, you can go two miles an hour this way and you'll still make it there faster. No, we need to just get our command from God. And what he tells us to do, you do it. And if he tells you to lay something down, you lay it down. And if you stumble in that, you get back up. And if he tells you, you know what, you need to discipline yourself to do this, then do that. But don't try to take 15 things from all different perspectives and say, I'm just going to do all this. I'm going to be the most disciplined person. For what purpose? And don't be, because Satan, this is, again, he's crafty. He'll come in and, and get you, egg you on, actually, in the wrong direction. That's why we need to know what the Word says, know what we're supposed to do. What are we supposed to do? What, what am I supposed to do? What's my place? Because there are many places, and everybody seems like they want to be 
again, some, somewhere else that they're not supposed to be, but also they'll look at some, I, if I could only do this, then I would be happy. No, you know where we're going to be happiest? It's just doing what God told us to do today. Doesn't matter what it is. The best thing is, Lord, I know one thing. I'm doing what you told me to do. Because if it's out there in the horizon, oh, if I could only do that, you know what? When you get there, it's, it's no different than where you are now. It's just you're doing it. There there's going to be different challenges you don't know about, different pressures. And the best thing is just knowing what God has told you to do. That peace cannot be counterfeited. Just knowing what He told you to do. Praise God. First Peter 5, verse 5. Oh, we thank you, God. So we need to trust Him. That seems, well, of course we need to trust Him. No, I mean we need to trust Him like in the real world. Where we are. Not some figurative, I trust Him, but what am I going to do about this issue? What am I going to do about this in front of me? But I trust you, Lord. What do you want me to do? What's my command? Okay, that's where I'm going to be, and I'm just going to trust you that you're going to help me. 1 Peter 5, verse 5 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Well, if He is the commander-in-chief, if He is our Lord, if He says, do this, the humble answer is, Sir, yes, sir. Yeah, the, the answer is not, yeah, but I don't understand. Yeah, that sounds like a bratty kid. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I, what, 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 and we're talking to the Almighty. The right answer is, if you said it, okay. Yes, sir. Anything else you want me to do? And it says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. What does that show? Your Lord, I'm not. You know, I don't. That takes humility. So we can't walk by our head. We need to walk by our heart. He says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. We don't like that. Due time. That He may exalt you in due time. What does that mean? God knows, and He knows when you, you need to be in a certain place. He knows when you're ready. He knows when the situation is right, and you don't make it happen yourself. You trust Him. That's trust. That's putting, that's making him actually Lord, not Lord when it's convenient. And there will be a suffering with that. Not anything Jesus bore, but that will push on your pride. It will push on your flesh. But I don't want, because we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Don't have to raise your hand. Don't say amen. We all know it's true. It just is. Your flesh, you have flesh, I have flesh. Your flesh just wants to do what it wants to do. We need to understand that, and we need to say, no flesh, shut up. Jesus is Lord. We're doing this. Yeah, but I don't under... Shut up. We're doing this. And you can... That discipline of just staying in the place, 
See, we'll want to go, well, but I'm getting up at this time. It doesn't matter unless God told you to do that. Don't put, don't substitute something that, that looks good for, I'm just staying. You know, you could get up at the right time, exercise, do all this stuff and be in the wrong place because you know you're supposed to be in place X, but you moved over here. And sometimes people do all this busy stuff because actually they know they're supposed to be doing this other thing. It's easier to be busy than to do what God told you to do. But I'm doing this and this. Yeah, but I told you to be here. And your flesh will squirm. It'll squirm. It'll say, but I'm doing this and because you like to do that. Because it makes you feel like you're doing something. But I told you to be here. Sir, yes, sir. That is suffering. Anybody tells you not has not walked through it. You tell your flesh what to do and you say, okay, your mind will go, but I don't, I, shut up. This is what God said, and I trust him. Lord, what do you want me to do? And it may be nothing more than what I already told you. Okay, what do you want me to do? Brother Hagin would say this, I go as much by what God doesn't say as what he does say. What does that mean? If he told you to do something, and you're not hearing anything different, guess what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah, but I want something new, but tell me, isn't it time? Silence. What are, you, what are you supposed to do then? Isn't that the way? If, I, if, if you were in a company, I told you to do this, and somebody kept coming, yeah, what do I do now? What I told you to do. <laughs> An hour later, yeah, but what should I do now? What I told you to do. I'll let you know if it changes. Does that bless you, you know, if somebody's coming up to you? What does that show? They think you're not competent. They don't trust you, all kinds of things, but... Trust, we need to trust God enough to know He knows everything, and when I need to know, He knows where I am, and He knows how to communicate with me, and He'll get it through to me. If He has to get 100 people to knock my door down, He'll get it through to me, because He loves me that much. I'm not talking about you going off 100 miles an hour in a different way, trying not to hear Him. Then you're, then you're digging in your own hole. I'm saying you, to the best of your ability, your heart's after Him. You don't have to worry about missing it. Everybody just take a deep breath. You just relax in that. He's a good God. He knows more than we know. He's trustworthy. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just spend a